peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm excited. I hope you guys are. Myself and Brooke. Hello. We are going to drop, I don't know how to say this. We can start with trend diets, and then we can talk about everything else of detox. Um, I'm really excited about the show. We got a lot of, uh, and when I say a lot of questions, there was like 12 questions that were dropped to us uh, regarding this topic. And, and and realistically, these questions are actually really good, plus the ones that uh, myself and Brooke came up with. And that's something that, you know, um, I'm super excited about. But let's go ahead and dive right in. Yeah. So today <laughs> we're going to burst everyone's bubble and shit all over detoxes and cleanses. That's pretty much what we're going to do. I was trying to be politically correct in, more, in, in that and Brooke went ahead and just ripped the Band-Aid fully off. <laughs> and I'm totally cool with I that. Think, I think we're just going <laughs> to be honest about it. I think everyone who's been following the podcast knows how much I despise fad diets for a variety of reasons. And we're in this season... Well, we've come off this spring break kick. Now we're approaching summer where everyone thinks that they need to look a certain way aesthetically for a certain season, which is kind of silly. But you're going to constantly be pushed on social media through influencers, through now a ton of ads, all these different products that are marketed as juice cleanses, detox teas. What is the science behind them? Do they work? Obviously, I kind of gave my little spoiler alert there at the beginning. But what is a detox? And I'm talking about when you have a product, usually it's a process or a period of time in which you're abstaining from certain substances. Usually it's food as a whole. You're just doing some type of juice of some kind or specific types of food. It's a very extreme short-term intervention. It's, It's like a crash diet. And so that's why I really don't like it because I already have an issue with different fads where you're eliminating these things somewhat long term. So this idea that we're going to put ourselves in extreme, usually calorie restriction, uh, you know, your nutrients are being obviously really well restricted if you're not intaking food and juice is not the same thing as food at all. Well, that's, that's the, that's the thing though, right there, right? Is like, I, I tagged you in a post today actually about me doing bulletproof coffee or coffee and butter before a run. And in real, you know, it's one of those things that I've noticed that like I can go ahead and go, go ahead and go into a run and, and utilize that as a liquid is for fuel, for, for calories for a certain time period. But I noticed right away within 45 minutes after consuming that I'm hungry right away compared to like my breakfast when I go ahead and eat, you know, bacon and eggs with some spinach and, and, and realistically I can hold my over now for three to four hours. So that is somewhere where my question kind of goes into the idea of like, you know, well, well, when we go ahead and look at detoxes and we look at juice cleanses, right? What are we doing to ourselves in that period of when we go ahead and just, are we speeding up our metabolism um, by doing juice cleanses? Or are we actually slowing it down? Because obviously I realize that I'm hungrier within 45 minutes of me doing some kind of, you know, fat that's melted into a coffee compared to actually eating solid food. Yeah. So the thing with detoxes and cleanses is there's a ton of different claims. They range from everything from helping with weight loss, digestive issues, bloating, allergies, inflammation. A lot of them claim it's going to increase your metabolism improve circulation, stimulate your liver. But then at the same time, a lot of them claim they rest your organs. So I think 
that right there is kind of count that, that that doesn't make sense. But they make all these claims and this industry is not regulated. They can put absolutely whatever they want on this supplement detox tea. They can say whatever they want and they don't have to back it up. So it's a big marketing game. And I think that it's, you know, worth noting that a lot of the times when they are researching some of these specific ingredients or products, they're extremely, extremely small sample sizes. I'm going to use apple cider vinegar as an example. They did a study with like 12 people and there's all these other things going on in their life, right? It's not the fact that you were having two to three tablespoons of apple cider vinegar a day that led to weight loss. There's countless other variables in the picture. So we're looking at these very, very small human studies, or a lot of the times it's studies in rats and other animals. And, you know, sure, a lot of nutrition research gets done that way, but we can't without, you know, with certainty say that that's going to translate over to humans. I don't know if they're giving, you know, skinny tea to rats. I don't know how (laughs) well-researched those are, but... Certain products like the apple cider vinegar example they have done um, in rats. So I think that's just something to bear in mind that you should be a skeptic. If you're reading a label, food label claims, a lot of them do have to be backed up. But when it comes to supplements, vitamins, things like that, they do not. So just bear in mind that a lot of it is a marketing ploy to get you to spend money. So so. Going back a little bit, we you talked about how these juice cleanses offer increasing metabolism, but they also come and say that they rest your organs. And and are they talking about resting the organs and resetting your metabolism and speeding it up due to the fact that it's a liquid, so the system and the organs don't have to work as hard now? Is that their claim in the terms of like rested? Right. So that's part of it. But you know, is that beneficial to do for sometimes three or seven days where you're drinking nothing but liquid? There definitely are disease states worth noting, like sometimes with Crohn's or certain things you rest the gut and that's a part of what you need for medical nutrition therapy. So that is valid. I am not, you know, bashing their application in that sense. But when it comes to, let's say, you're, you're like, you know what? I really want to lose five pounds in five days before I go on this vacation the human body is not meant to lose five pounds in five days. That's not how it works. And when you do this, a lot of the times, because you're in this extreme calorie deficit, usually really, really low in carbs. And so we know when we take in carbs, it's stored as glycogen, it's stored with water. And when you you see this initial drop off because it's water weight is what you're losing. You're essentially dehydrating yourself and your muscles. Like a lot of the times people are like, oh, I don't feel as big and buff as I did. Well, that's because your muscles aren't storing glycogen. It's all gone because you're not feeding it what it needs. So there's all these other variables. And then as soon as you go back to eating your normal pattern, it's all going to come right back because all it ever was, was your body being depleted of water. So you might see very little initial drop off, but also think about this extreme crash. Your body goes into this protective mode. It doesn't want you to lose a bunch of weight. It's a, it's a self preservation thing. So I think that has more detrimental effects on the metabolism than anything is I'm going to just drink this juice. And so, yes, if I'm juicing something, there's going to be more concentrated vitamins and minerals. I'm wasting a ton of fiber because I've put something in a juicer just to get the liquid out. I'm throwing the fiber away, which is the good stuff that your gut needs, that your gut actually uses 
to detox the body. I hate that word. I fucking hate the word detox, but I'm going to use it because I want to make the point that your body does this on its own and you don't need a fucking tea bag or some type of powdered supplement you live off of for seven days. So it does have concentrated stuff in it, but it does have concentrated sugar depending on what you're juicing and drinking. And you've taken out all the fiber, which would the fiber, especially the insoluble fiber is what's going to bulk up your stool and it's going to run through your GI tract. And that's going to help make sure it goes through slowly to absorb all those nutrients that you're finding in food. It's going to take the time to pull out all the good stuff and everything else is going to get bulked up and passed in stool. And that's the true detox right there. Well, that's the question that kind of like that makes me think about this, though, too. Right. It's because like whenever we hear detox, there always is the next word that comes with it is fasting. Right. Like everyone talks about fasting because for some reason that's it's 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 a word they pair in a sentence with detoxing. But the idea of these two working together now is actually to have some kind of healthy benefit from it. Correct. Yes. So all those claims are not backed up. Those are just claims that detox is made, that it's going to help with all these different things. So the intent is usually for weight loss or to help with um, promoting toxin elimination, right? That's the, that's the other buzzword is toxin. Another word I hate. Real fast, can you, can you define toxin so that the listeners can have an understanding of that? Yeah, so well, here's the thing. The actual definition of a toxin is an anagenic poison or venom that's coming from a plant or animal and it's going to cause disease. So it actually, the, the way they created it as a health buzzword isn't even its true, you know, Merriam-Webster dictionary definition. But when other people are talking about toxins, they're talking usually about some type of environmental exposure or something through food that you're trying to get out of the system. But the truth is through feces, urine, sweat, you know, just that's how you're eliminating these things from your body usually. And there are ways to kind of enhance your body's natural process to make this something that you can, you know, egg along, I guess, aid the process. But a toxin is just a health buzzword to describe something that they think shouldn't be there that's it's a fear mongering technique in a way too. It sounds scary. It's all, it's, it's just, it's all it is is just to manipulate the brain so that someone can go and be like, Oh, toxin. That's probably what I need to go and get rid of my toxins in my system is literally what's happening. But so that kind of like, so cool. Right. I know. And we, we, you wrote a blog. Um, and if you guys haven't read it yet, it is called, let me bring it up. Why your, why your detox is bullshit. And if you haven't read it, make sure you guys will go ahead and put in the show notes. But there is one thing in there when we go ahead and talk about what a toxin is anyway. You do break down the toxins within human waste and the environment and, and really kind of break down those two differences. Now, you know, when we introduce these types of toxins into our body through foods and drinks, you know, you say as well as an environmental approach do we go ahead and just move out of the country and find ourselves a place where there's no none of these uh, bad toxins in our systems? Or, you know, what is what is the healthy way to approach this types of, uh, again, the way for our body to naturally detox our, yeah, our well, system? So there are, you know, you kind of brought up a good point. There's two different types of toxins, technically. There's endotoxin and there's exotoxins. There's two different kind of categories here. 
the endotoxins are going to be the byproducts of normal body function. So that's things like feces, urine, sweat. Exotoxins are something that are getting introduced into the system through food, drinks, air. So they're being absorbed through the GI tract, your lungs, and even your skin. So there's some things that you can't really help. For example, um, if you live in New York City, you're going to be exposed to a lot of different things than someone who lives in the country in North Carolina. So some of that, you know, you can't really help depending on where you're living. But the things you can help are your food and your drinks. So even substances like drugs and alcohol, those are considered toxins that your body is going to try and clear. Your organs are going to try and clear that because they're not supposed to be there. So there's certain things you can do to just to eliminate what you're adding to stress the system. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes 100% sense. I mean, this goes back to the whole idea too. I just uh, I just wrote one of our like performance tips for our IG that we do and I actually talked about wearables and and that was something that, you know, that really kind of brought me into this idea was that all we're really doing is teaching ourselves through a thought process of how to self-regulate to go ahead and enhance our performance. Right? Like that is the goal here, right? When we talk about like detoxes or juice cleanses, that that is a, a band-aid that we just put over something to go ahead and just help us move forward for a little bit. But what ends up happening, once you rip that band-aid back off, you're right back to, to, to ground zero again. And, and the goal here is kind of one of those things to where at the end of the day, we want to go and educate the individual or the athlete on how to self-regulate themselves to enhance performance. This is one of the topics here, right? We don't need to go ahead and enhance performance by detoxing juice cleanses from here. We need to do it in a natural way because your body does it itself. Yeah. And let's kind of just move down that path now. Everyone wants a quick fix. I like to call it the Amazon Prime Life. Everyone wants this instant thing. But these are extreme short-term interventions when we're talk that we're talking about when in reality you should be thinking about consistency over the long run perfection is not going to get you to your goal it's going to be consistency over time and then you can add you know balance i'm not saying eat and drink perfectly every single day of your life but i'm saying the majority of it you should be and then you can have wiggle room because even though your progress might be slower you might not be dropping that 5 pounds in 5 days it's going to be worth it in the long run. And that comes, I think that spans both nutrition and exercise personally, in my opinion. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's, it, you know, ever since I've made this huge dive into ultra endurance and, and, and for, and like, again, whoever's been listening to the podcast, I always refer back to this and it's been crazy on how, you know, this whole new, approach of training that I've taken is really kind of create this new lifestyle for me and learning how to recover faster so that I'm able to perform and handle the volume that I'm putting in. And it really has had to like open the doors and to look at sleep, look at nutrition, look at hydration, look at quality of life and balance in all areas of my life because I'm fitting things within the margins, right? Like that's the idea there. And when we go ahead and talk about, you know, one thing that I have learned really well is that like I can't handle red meat every single day. Mm -hmm. That's me. That's me, right. but my body is working really well off of fats. I have bacon fat once, you know, 
once a day, maybe, and that's the only only red meat that I get in. I can't eat other types of red meat, so I'm sorry if I said that I, I don't do red meat every day, but I use bacon fat as as a fuel source and then all my other natural healthy fats, and I found that, that that's something that helps me really well in terms of letting my system recover and move forward in what I'm trying to do because it adds in calories and it gives me the volume and, and the consistency that I need to continue performing. Exactly. And everyone's going to be different. You're touching on a really good point. I couldn't do that. I could not eat bacon every day. My body would absolutely hate me. So I think it's worth noting that although there are general guidelines of what you can do to support your body's natural function, which we're going to go over, you can't assume that there's not a one size fits all for this either. So I recommend if someone is experiencing any GI discomfort of some kind, keep a food log and a sleep journal and talk about your mood because all of it's tied in. And then you can be able to pinpoint because we were just talking to a customer about this on email. Yeah, we were. You know, oh, I'm experiencing these GI distress symptoms. Yes, it's probably there's some food stuff maybe going on, but it can also be stress, lack of sleep, overstressing yourself by exercising too much, volume of work, whatever it may be. So there's, it's a really big puzzle. So keeping some type of fitness journal or log of some kind and your nutrition and start to piece the puzzle together and see what's going on. Yeah. That's well. And so it's funny. We were talking about this, right? Is like, you know, <laughs> I'm not a sleep doctor. I'm not a new, I'm not a dietitian, like at all. Like, but referring to Brooke, she did tell me yesterday when I did talk about, and I'm probably going to butcher this, this word, but oxalates. Does I say that correctly? Yeah. Oxalates. Oxalates. Yeah. I was like, we had, we had a question about that. And I was like, what the fuck? I've never heard that before. Like, I want to go read it up on it. And I gave her back like a quick scent, uh, like a quick two sentence uh, blurb of what it was. And she's like, that's correct. And I was like, yes, yes now I'm a dietitianist. <laughs> so that is going to go to my resume. Um, <laughs> that's what everyone else thinks. Oh, I eat food. So I'm a nutrition expert. Exactly. Uh, oxalates are just organic compounds found in foods. And they're actually found in healthy foods. They're found in leafy greens, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. Uh, but they bind to other minerals and they can form other compounds that some people, if you have a compromised kidney or, um, yeah, if you have compromised kidney or other things, your body has trouble clearing them. But they'll bind especially to calcium and things like that. And normally they're eliminated through stool and urine. So they shouldn't be a problem because this is a part of your body's natural process of detoxifying itself. Uh, but there definitely are sensitive people. If you have altered gut health function or kidney issues, that could be definitely be something that you should be mindful of. It puts you at risk for kidney stones. So you would know. Um, so, you know, if you've ever had kidney stones, that's what's happening. And it's super, super painful. But yeah, that was one of those things where I was like, I need to look this up. But it was going back to the whole elimination and, and trying to figure out what was working. And, and and again, like I like to use like anecdotal experiences to really back up the evidence-based re research that we are doing because it does show like, hey, we are out here doing this as well, right? Like, but I did eliminate, again, eliminated, I eliminated all meats. So pretty much all animal fat out of my diet um, for a good like four weeks is what I did. And I, I think I was talking to you and I talked to my buddy Nick, who's also a dietitianist and really trying to just work between and trying to figure it out. And end up realizing, okay, cool, I can't do, I'm going to go ahead and bring back in 
fat from from bacon and see how that works and that has been a huge staple in in like how i'm performing and how i'm feeling and how i'm sleeping obviously with everything else that i'm doing in terms of that but it, it just goes back to like i literally just eliminate something to see what was really causing a problem in my gut yeah for recovery absolutely and that was what it was i let my body detoxify itself from what it doesn't need and then i can add back in and notice there was no changes in that yeah and the thing is with stuff like oxalates you have people out there that are preaching oh this is dangerous it's it's not unless you have the you know the two things that i had mentioned with your gut or kidney function i'm not going to tell someone oh you shouldn't have oxalates because your body does the work for you and oxalates are in things like spinach beets kale sweet potatoes turnip greens those are all really healthy foods that have a lot of benefit so i'm not going to tell someone don't eat these food groups it's only if it's something that your body has issues with and it can't do that and there absolutely are circumstances if you have altered liver kidney or gut health function that you should be mindful of but like your experience you really just need to be mindful of your body and what's working for you and start brainstorming on that end so so we're kind of getting to the now is like, how do we help ourselves, right? Like that's what we're kind of getting into. And that's the goal here is to educate and help ourselves so we can figure this out. You know, and one thing that, that I realized and learned was that, wow, I do need to have a well-balanced whole food diet. I can't be taking out a protein or a vegetable or a protein or a fat or carb. I have to keep all three of them in there to go ahead and see the natural processes of my system and, and to keep myself moving forward. And that's something that I think a lot of people misinterpret. You know, they're like, oh, I want to go ahead and pull out complete fat or complete carb or complete protein. But again, and when we say this, they'll understand like some people will do it due to doctor recommendations and health, whatever else. And that again is for a certain specific reason. Yeah. Right so I want to I want to mention I feel like I touched a little bit but I want to clarify. I'm not talking about if someone has a disease state or condition you you need medical nutrition therapy to rest the gut or if you want to explore fasting for some of the other benefits in the research. I'm not even touching that. That's a totally different conversation. I'm more referring to these products that you are sold as detoxes and cleanses, whether that's a seven day juice kit delivered to your door or like skinny tea or like whatever it may be. I'm referring to those products. So I just want to separate those and just be really clear that there absolutely are conditions where you do need to rest the gut. And there certainly are, is an argument for applications of fasting and, and aging research and all that. So I'm not even going to touch that. I want to go after the big billion dollar industry over here that's trying to convince you <laughs> that you need a bottle of this and five pills of that and some tea to make changes in your lifestyle in a healthy way. That's what I'm talking about. And Dig it. it's um it's like a very trendy thing. The new one is celery juice. Have you heard of that? The celery juice yes, thing? Yes, I've heard it like crazy. Oh my God. Oh, it's killing me. And then I so, noticed the I, celery I mean, at the store was all gone. Yeah. What, so what is the, what, what is this whole idea behind celery juice? Cause let me tell you, I do tart cherry juice and I do beet juice. That is, those are my juices that I drink in the morning or at nighttime. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know what celery, what's the, what's the, what's the, what is it? I, cause I I'm think it was just this, a, like a weight loss health trend. So, and it is high in vitamin C, vitamin K, folate, potassium, but you can get all that from eating celery and then you're going to get the fiber with all these antioxidants and vitamins and minerals. 
So that was but my. But you just forgot, though. Hold on, wait, 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 wait a minute. You said you have to eat celery. Let's be real here. How many? How many people want to eat celery? Look, I view celery as a vessel for peanut butter. I'm gonna just call it like it is. <laughs> I was about to say it's not. I'm not just like this is fucking delicious. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Or, or almond butter. Or almond butter. Yeah, it's a vessel for nut butter and some type of like seeds, probably. Great snack. I mean, I've seen actually. Since we're talking about fad diets, paleo tacos on celery sticks. Well, how do you put a taco on a celery stick? So the the it's literally what it is. Since you know how the celery has that curve inside of it, you just fill it with taco meat. Taco meat, whatever you want to put in there as your taco meat, and there's your sandwich. That's a new or one. There's your. That's I have a, not that's, heard that. There you go. That's like yeah, some like, keto shit right there. When I was uh when I was in my prime of the paleo diet back in. Was it 2012 when I was doing the paleo diet, or a little bit earlier before that? Um, that was that was something that I used to do. I used to do that. We even do the bell peppers. This sounds mm. like the most depressing taco ever on celery. It's the worst. It's the worst. Good lord! <laughs> but I remember when this trend first happened. You'd walk down the produce section, all the celery's gone because we have all this weird thing where we're dra- we're drawn to thinking there's going to be one food that's going to make us healthy. One trend. If we eliminate this one thing. It's the key to, to health. And that's just not not the case. And your body has these amazing things called organs, including your kidneys and your liver, that do all of this for you. And I kind of wanted to go down an anatomy memory lane. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with that class. But I want people to understand what's really going on in your body's system. So I want to start with the kidneys. Um, Their main function is to maintain fluid balance. They regulate and filter minerals from the blood. So if you have compromised kidney function, that's where these oxalates and things would come into play because you would have trouble regulating and filtering things from your blood. So when someone's on dialysis, for example, that's what it's doing for them because their kidney function has dropped so low that they need a machine to filter off certain minerals. Um, and they actually are recommended to follow a certain diet to help with that. And certain they have certain liquid requirements for fluid. So long story short there, definitely take care of your kidney function. If you can help it, a lot of it is genetic. Because it's kind of a pain to have to have a machine act as your kidneys. But they their huge thing is they filter waste. Waste from food, prescriptions, or other harmful things that you might encounter. Like if you're traveling um, and there's smog, uh, things like that. I had a buddy that was just deployed in Korea and he would send pictures and it looked like something was on fire. Like there was so much smoke, but it was smog and everyone was wearing masks and a very different world. But that could be something and all these different exposures um, that the body is trying to clear. So another thing your kidneys do that a lot of people probably don't know is they secrete hormones. They sec- they secrete different hormones that help with red blood cell production, EPO, erythropoietin, yeah. um, calci- calcitriol with bone health. And they also have renin, which helps with the blood pressure, with the fluid balance and regulation. So kidneys are super, super important. Obviously maintaining balance and helping to filter the system in some way. So I think that, you know... Your body already does all this for you, so don't spend the money and waste your time. The liver so, is fascinating. Well, real quick though, but on the kidney though. So like when we talk about the kidney, right? What is a main way to go ahead and help f- increase kidney function? 
Is it just hydration? So I'm going to go over ways you can support it. But oh. yeah, absolutely. Hydration is one of them. But I, I definitely have some like action points for how to support your body's natural process for sure. And I'm going to go over those. I'll get back. I'll go back to third gear real fast. I was in fifth gear. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to go. Yeah. So liver. Liver is really the main one, I guess, when you want to talk about detoxing. The liver has over 500 vital functions. It does all kinds of crazy cool shit. Whoa. Yeah. You should see my face right now. I was like, I know. excuse me. You know what else is cool? You can take chunks of these organs. So if you had cancer on your kidney and you took a chunk of it out, it'll still function and do what it's supposed to do. Like absolutely mind blowing. Um, my grandfather had that happen. So we're talking about, you know, crazy, incredible things that your body already natural does. Um, but the liver, the liver does all kinds of stuff. I think for context of athletes, it's important to note that, your liver plays a role in converting all the extra glucose that you're taking in and it turns it into glycogen and it plays a really big role in your balancing of your glucose. And it also helps to regulate the blood levels of amino acids. So it plays a, a big role in how we use nutrients. It also does things like produce bile that's going to be used to carry fat and break it down. It produces cholesterol. Your body actually makes cholesterol. A lot of people think, Oh, I'm just getting it from food, but actually your liver helps to produce cholesterol. It also produces proteins for blood plasma. There's a ton going on. I could go on and on and on, but those are really the big things. Another cool things, your, your liver stores iron. So if you have really low iron, sometimes they'll tell you to eat chicken livers. That's why, because iron is stored in the liver and it produces hemoglobin, which is used to then do something with all of its iron content. And the liver, obviously, you probably hear about this a lot, but it clears drugs and alcohol or any other poisonous substance. So that's why, you know, if people are abusing alcohol, you'll see liver issues. And um, what else does it do? It removes bacteria from the blood. It does all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that's the, so like you, I want to go back fast because you did mention the liver and, and all the amazing things it can do. But my question on that is, you know, with all these processes of the liver, how, how is, how is it that it, it, it just, I mean, I mean, the question I'm trying to get to it, it kind of like stumped me real fast because I had all these questions in my head and I'm not now like, oh shit, but keep going. I'm sorry. I'll I feel come like back I'm to talking a mile a minute on this podcast. Cause I'm like super hyped about this topic. I've had a, no, I've and, had and a and normal like, amount of coffee today. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, no. And it's, and it's one of those things where there was so much, there's so much like information that's coming about just not just the kidneys, but the liver. And it just, it just makes me realize that, man, if we just treat our, our organs like the right way, like it's going to take care of us. That's kind of where I was going with that. Right? Like we abuse our we abuse our organs over and over and over again, and it and it's really simple, right? Like, it, it that's exactly what I was trying to get to. And the question was like, so if we just take care of our liver, our liver will take care of us. Is and what's the, happening exactly? There. And the human body is very resilient. You know, you yeah. can't just your whole. And I think this is another thing worth mentioning. If you've had really shitty eating patterns. I'm talking like you eat a lot of packaged processed foods. You eat a lot of fast food, not even real food, a lot of it. So if you do something like that continually over time, it's going to take a toll. And then we have this, this idea of, well, I'll just take medicine. Or if I get diabetes, I can just take insulin. But, you know, your bo you get one body. You get one tent to house your soul. And you need to keep, you need to treat it 
with respect. Even though when you put certain things in your mouth, you might not understand the direct correlation. It's much easier like, oh, I'm, I'm smoking a cigarette. I know this is bad for me. I know this will catch up to me sooner than me eating a Big Mac every day. We just have this disconnect, really. And I think that, you know, one of the huge things I mentioned is both of these filter, mostly the liver, it's filtering things from your food. So you're, you're going to have kind of a limit. Same if you're someone who abuses drugs or alcohol. You're going to be taxing this organ at a much higher rate. And it's going to wear out on you eventually. Yeah. So we're realizing this. We treat our organs like shit. We're going to go ahead and look like shit pretty much. Yeah, or you're going to look like, like shit. shit and you're going to feel like shit. And you're going to perform like, like shit if that's something you care about. So the ne- that's that's where it leads us next into this next path of okay cool what are the what are the action steps that we must take as individuals to go ahead and make sure that we are treating our system efficient to make sure it's working as efficiently as possible. Yeah. The first one is water. People are very dehydrated. Where a lot of us are walking around in a very dehydrated state all the time. If you're thirsty, you're already missing the mark. I keep a liter bottle with me all the time and people make fun of me, but it helps me. If it's always there and on my desk, it's always with me. I take it everywhere. I'm sipping it all day. So I should never really feel like, oh, I have this super strong thirst I need to quench. And it varies. Your water requirements, I get this question a lot, but your water requirements vary pretty greatly. Um, There is... I think I want to say it's maybe like the Institute of Medicine or something that put out a recommendation that women should have 2.7 liters a day. Men should have 3.7 liters a day. And I genuinely say two to three liters of water. But keep in mind, I know that sounds like a lot. You're getting water from food. You're getting water from like if you were to have a smoothie or soups, even that's a lot of water content, things like celery, ton of water content, cucumbers. So It's not always just because if I'm telling you as a male, oh, drink 3.7 liters of water a day, that's a lot. So it's coming from and it's even coming from things like coffee. So you're still getting liquids and water content from other things. You don't need to drink just 3.7 liters of water a day. That would be crazy. And there is such a thing as too much water, which is a risk with a lot of these detoxes that you could be taking on too much and it can cause electrolyte imbalance, which can kill you, by the way. It can not, yeah, you know, it, it's very dangerous. I've, I've heard that plenty of times. I've had a couple guys who were like, hey, like I went into my endurance event the next day and I over, I like started cramping within the first like two hours. I'm like, how much water did you drink yesterday? So much. Did you put any electrolytes in? Did you do it? No. Nope. I'm like, that's the reason why. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because, because with cramps, it's either too little or too much water and it's throwing off your fluid electrolyte balance. So it's important to be really mindful of these practices while you're training and in your everyday life. So then come race day, you've got a solid foundation of knowing what works for you. Absolutely. But when it comes to hydration, right, we mentioned exercise, your environment, if you have any other health conditions, if you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, all these factors determine really your individual hydration needs. Uh, An easy indicator, which I've mentioned before, would be looking at your urine output. It should be light in color. It shouldn't be totally clear, uh, which is kind of some people say it should be, you know, that's a little too much. It should be a very light, pale yellow I often compare it to like a Coors Light or like a Natty Light, right? Really? Like if you want to talk about looking at the colors, if it's an IPA, you're dehydrated. If it's Guinness, seek emergency medical attention. 
Well, so that's the funny part because like I obviously I had to look at nutrition all the time. And that's one thing that I, I whenever I see like a neon yellow, like a Coors Light or a Natty Light color, I'm like, oh, I'm dehydrated. I need to drink more water until I, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll start drinking water till it's clear. And then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good. And then I'll go ahead and start mixing other things in. But until I see it clear, then very that's light, I, pale yellow. Clear can be huh. can be a little too much, which, you know, as you mentioned, there's things like electrolyte water or if you're eating a lot of foods with electrolytes, maybe it's not going to throw off that balance. Um, but it's a lot of personal trial and error. But that's a good benchmark, I think, is two to three liters of water a day. If you're someone who sweats a lot, you're going to need more. If you're a salty sweater, um, yeah. which I know you are, you definitely are. It was so funny one time we came back from a run and there were like these drips of like pools of salt from where you walked up the stairs on my deck because you were such a salty sweater. Um, and a way for you to find out if you are is to wear a dark shirt and do some cardio and you'll see those lines, like you'll see the salt lines. So that's a way to figure out kind of if you need water. And for someone who's really interested and wants to get to the nitty gritty, you can do a, a weight of yourself with no clothes before and then a weight of yourself with no clothes after your activity. And then the difference is kind of where you then a formula, add the, yeah. the water. Yeah. And I actually have a really good supplemental handout that was put together. If you're interested in this, you can always email me at brookatsoftly.com and I can send you kind of how to, how to run through some of these details and make it work for you if you're really interested. Yeah. And then, so the next thing that I would say to help the body's natural process is eat a variety of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. All those really good kind of plant-based things, they're going to have soluble and insoluble fiber, which is like, to me, the magic bullet. Like if everyone wants like one thing, I think, well, I think maybe it's tied between water and fiber, but fiber is extremely, extremely, extremely important in aiding what your body does. And most Americans, fun fact, only eat about 12 grams of fiber a day. That's it. Wow. <laughs> and that's not, it needs to be more of, it's 20, I think 25 grams a day for women. It's higher for men. It's about 38 grams for men. So if you think about that, to put it in perspective, but the average person's only getting 12. So that right there is a huge room for improvement for the average person. And then the way you should get that fiber is through fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. So that fiber is going to slow the digestion and it, so by slowing the way it's moving through the GI tract, you're allowing that nutrient absorption and the body is just has time to decide, I want to pull this. I need this. I don't want that. So then you can remove toxins. I have to do air quotes because I fucking hate that word, <laughs> but, but that's, that's what it's doing. So then it's going to come out obviously through feces and your bowel movement and you're removing the things the system doesn't want and need. So that's really, to me, the magic thing. And I mentioned there's two types, soluble soluble versus insoluble. So soluble is going to dissolve, like think of dissolve. It's going to dissolve in water and it becomes kind of gel-like. And then the insoluble stuff is not going to be digested. It's going to promote movement of the material through the GI tract that I was talking about. And that's super important because you want that stool bulk not two. You can get yourself constipated if you go way too overboard on fiber. But 
<laughs> you want that stuff. And so the insoluble stuff is coming from vegetables, whole wheat, potatoes, nuts. Soluble is usually in oats, beans, apples, carrots, citrus, barley. So that's why it's important also to have variety in your diet because there's just all these different factors as far as breaking down like fiber and micros that are really important. So you definitely want variety across that spectrum of the different types of like plant-based foods you're using to increase your fiber and bulk up your stool and all that good stuff. So I think that that's extremely, extremely important. And then of course, probably this is going to be your favorite point, exercise and sleep. That's how your body clears the system because a lot through sweat, your skin is technically your biggest organ, right? Like think about all the skin you have and you're pushing stuff out through it. A lot of the times uh, people will ask, well, how do I know if I have something going on in my gut? And I, how do I know if some something's like a food's disagreeing with me or something? A lot of the times it'll present through your skin. Like it, when you're looking huh. at functional acne, medicine right? stuff, um, acne, psoriasis, um, what's that one? Inflammation in the knees and the joints. Yeah. Like your body is like, if you've got st- altered gut function, it's going to start pushing stuff out any way it can. And sometimes that's through your skin. So it depends on the person and and there's so many other factors on that, but it's important to exercise and sweat. The sweat is important. Um, And sleep is a huge part in letting your body rest and do what it's supposed to do as far as recovery, hormone function, all that good stuff. Yeah. So just basically living a healthy, balanced lifestyle (laughs) your body detoxes itself you don't need a hundred dollar tea supplement regimen well this kind of i want to let's go back to the email that we've been talking because me and you are both tag team this email with this individual and it was really cool to go back and actually read his full email um chain that you and him had from that and and guys if you if you don't know this like when you email myself or brooke like you're not going to get some kind of email that's just like generic and whatever else or like hey go no we we end up digging into it and actually take some time so if you do email us expect to have an email chain throughout that day or for the next couple of days because we're really trying to make it as personal as possible with with you to go ahead and help you reach your goals and that's what we're doing with this individual and you know sh- you you shared it with me saying, hey, this guy might want to do this. I think this program's whatever. I went to go read through his his email chain and noticed that his sleep was actually really, really messed up. Um, and, and that he's he's trying to go ahead and have this like really strength gain like program that he wants to do for the next few, uh, few uh, he wanted to do a full cycle. And we kind of both took a step. She started working on his nutrition and I right away was like, hey, look, Honestly, like your exercise right now doesn't need to be high intensity work right now. The goal is to go ahead and get you to sleep better. And then once we get your sleeping better and your and your and your gut health better that Brooke's helping you with in terms of the softly performance or the softly nutrition program and helping you in that way, you know, then we can kind of start moving you into more of the high intensity approach of, of, of our training programs. And you know, I started, I directed him more towards, Hey, let's go ahead and take this more of like a regeneration, uh, type phase utilizing one of our basic programs, because a lot of our basic programs utilize unilateral development and very low aerobic type stuff to help guys get, um, back into shape to go ahead and move forward into the, the next teams that we do offer. And the first qu- that I asked, I asked them like five questions about sleep. And again, I'm not a sleep doctor, but through research and evidence of, of working with others and myself, I've really found that being able to help reset sleeping has been a huge part in actually resetting gut health. Um, 
as well. So that's kind of the approach that me and Brooke are taking with it. And, and, and I pushed them towards the basic site, a basic team. And if everyone's done the areas program that everyone knows how simple and how to the point it is that Brooke, you've done it before also. Yeah. That's what I'm working on um, right now. You know, so it's one of those things where guys, it's like, you know, if one thing's messed up, we got to take a look at the other two things. Right. And, and I'm going to use this quote. And I think, I think I forgot who said it, but it, you, you have an injury. You don't work at the injury. You work above and below it to make sure that we find the, the breakdown. And that's what we're talking about here and doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Something might present a certain way. And he was describing GI symptoms, but that doesn't mean that something's necessarily wrong directly from the food in the GI. So it's worth taking a look back. And I know it can sound overwhelming to people. We need you to look at all these different things. But in reality, it's more of just taking a step back, thinking about the big picture, and then small goals to get you there. If you're someone who sleeps five hours a night and you have a stressful job and everything else, you can't magically change your life overnight. But there's certainly little things you can do and start working towards and have little goals that are going to make things more manageable in your life. And it's all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our athletes who follows our programming and stuff like that. And he was he was talking about he was like, man, he's like, you know, I'm just trying to make my body a machine. And I'm like, dude, your body is a machine already. Like that's that's your your, your body's machine already. You're just working and in through trial and error to find the most efficient way for your machine to work is realistically what it is. And in a great example, right? If you're on a night shift sleeping only five to six hours a night or a day going into to work, you want to train, you want to do all these things, you have a family, like we understand that is it, right? And and the goal here is to actually create a controlled chaos in terms of, all right, cool, what can you control? Well, like, hey, you don't, if you get to the gym four or five days out of the week, like those don't all need to be high intense sessions. And we've talked about this plenty of times um, on that, right? And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. One question though that I want to ask is because this is something that, you know, I've really taken toll in all the coffee, uh, the coffee connoisseurs are going to actually really love this. How much coffee is too much coffee and how much, and, and, and realistically, can we drink it to utilize in just, uh, just, uh, detoxification for ourselves, you know, pairing it with a healthy diet and putting in hydration with water. Like, is it something I can sit here and have three, four cups of eight ounces of coffee a day? I think that would be a little bit much, but you, there absolutely is a place for coffee in the diet. Love coffee, big fan. And there's even some, you know, debate among health benefits, but if you take it to an extreme, just like anything else, you can take that too far and have issues. So I think it's worth worth noting that coffee is fine. There will be a certain point where it will dehydrate you and you won't see the same, the same kind of health benefits, I guess. But um, I would say I would limit it to two cups. Like it also has to do with the caffeine, the amount of caffeine that you're putting into the system and everyone's tolerance is different, but technically caffeine is considered a drug. So we just got done talking about, well, we just got done talking about how that taxes your body to process these things. So that's something to keep in mind too. Wow. So, oh, and, and I guess the question I asked that is because like, for me, I, again, this is just, this is an, an, an example. It's like sometimes when I'm out running, you know, if I have to run a 50 mile or a hundred mile, like I got to start taking caffeine in and got to take caffeine for the next however many hours. Um, and, and I found that, you know, taking in 30 to 50 milligrams of caffeine every two hours, a little bit less than that has helped in, 
and, you know, mental, mental focus and kind of keep me awake to continue moving forward. And it's something that I actually done now, you know, even now I'll have two, three cups of, of, you know, six to eight ounces of coffee a day. Um, obviously, but it's, it's all done before a certain time period, obviously, cause I want to go ahead and get to sleep at night. And well, for some people, thing. it can disrupt your sleep. Um, the Mayo clinic defines the upper limit of appropriate caffeine to 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. Damn, 400 milligrams of caffeine a day? Yeah, so that's that's actually a lot. But if you think about it, um, it depends on the type of coffee, like drip coffee, espresso, as to how much you're taking in with each cup. And if you take supplements with caffeine in them, something to think about. But I would say the other that huge thing is disrupting your sleep cycle, too, caf- too much caffeine late in the day. And it shouldn't be something you need to rely on. A lot of the times when we're overtired, we're going to reach for caffeine or like sh- high fat, high sugar foods as a source of energy. And that just actually makes the problem worse. It might give you this immediate boost, but relying on sugar and or caffeine is actually just going to ha- end up having a drop. It's like a, it's like a bandaid on a bullet hole. You really just need sleep. Oh, wow. You know, you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't really just like, well, this will work. Let me just plug this up. But there's a lot of risks associated with a lot of these, the ways we live our life. And especially when we're doing these extreme cleanses, because I went through all the claims. I haven't even gone through the laundry list of all the risks yet. It, because the, a lot of the claims actually are the opposite. Like it's, it's actually very high risk and it's stressing your body. And a lot of the times they did some research that it was done in women that were basically taking this crash diet approach and you saw this increase in stress hormone because it was just this very sharp turn in what your body was used to. So that study was just done in women. I would be interested to see what those effects were like. It was a pretty small study, but I think there's something to be said for that. And you're also severely restricting your calories, which we've been talking about kind of fatigue and reaching towards caffeine. But when we severely risk calories, you're also risking nutrient deficiency, electrolyte imbalance, irritability, Things you don't want. Um, Another popular thing, I don't know why this is a thing, is colon cleansing. Colon cleansing methods are extremely dangerous sometimes. And we're talking about, you know, dehydration, uh, bloating, nausea, vomiting, cramping. Uh, But colon cleansing, I think, is common as a uh, for weight loss shouldn't really be a thing. There are there are definitely some situations medically where that might be necessary, but colon cleanses can have a, a lot of dehydration, electrolyte imbalance problems that can be dangerous. And a lot of the times with these cleanses and detoxes, you're overdosing on some type of supplement or herbal laxative or a diuretic usually in some of these pills and things like that. And sometimes it's even like we had mentioned overdosing on just water like too much, which it can be really dangerous. And it ends up, you know, disrupting your metabolic rate. Your blood glucose levels are going to be disrupted. And it's also lower in protein. So you're not in taking anything balanced either. So it's just something to be mindful of when you might be tricked by this before and after of this like detox laxative tea. Like, but the funny thing is, though, is when I hear colon cleanse, all I think about is like my whole system just being completely flushed out and I'm fucked. 
Like I think maybe that's what everyone thinks of and why it seems attractive. But that doesn't seem attractive oh, to me. I don't God. want it like, like, yes, yeah, but I get that. I think the big <laughs> ones. Wait, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just, it's just funny to me that like, you know, that scares me and other people are like, no, I need to do it. it it's just, I, I mean, I guess we're all just different, but yeah. Yeah, I think another thing someone brought up in our questions was, well, are the, is there a test or tests to know that my body is detoxifying and doing what it should be doing? The basic oh, that's actually thing, a really good question. The basic thing is, are you having two easy passable bowel movements a day? That's like an immediate. What's your urine color like? That's another immediate. And then they actually do run... Uh, kidney function and liver functions tests usually as part of establishing a baseline, especially of a family history of, you know, liver disease or kidney disease. So they're absolutely sure are medical tests. I think we like having the validation of labs and numbers a lot of the time, but in reality, it's more of, is your body functioning how it should be? And most people, especially when it comes to GI symptoms like constipation or bloating or gas or whatever sure there's a certain amount of normal but I think we trick ourselves into being like though this is this is normal this is okay and it's actually not it's the problem you don't know you have and it doesn't need to be like that so if you're not having regular bowel movements um, if your urine color is really off something needs to change and it's a problem solving with your whole lifestyle but that's your most immediate feedback right there yeah and, and usually it's just the first thing you want to attack is the diet, obviously, um, to get that going in that terms of, of not being constipated anymore. What was that? Sorry. No, no. I was just saying like you, that's the goal is to go ahead and find that so that you're not constipated or having these, these problems. And yeah. I was just going to make a funny comment in terms of, I, I mean, I'm stewing. I mean, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime I bring this topic up, everyone turns into like little teenage little boys. Kid. It's like, this is so funny. My joke is that your requirement, if you want to be a dietitian, is you need to get comfortable talking about bowel movements. But it's so true. That's like the first thing we ask people in the hospital when we would go see patients. Have you had a bowel movement today? When was your last bowel movement? Because it's a direct feedback on if what's happening and is your body processing what it needs to. Huh. So it's not I'm as gonna... complicated as everyone thinks it is. Hmm. Sweet. That's going to be a new question from now on. What is your bowel movement like? I'm going to send you straight to Brooke. <laughs> You're just going to start like quizzing everyone after you put nutritionist in your Instagram bio. hundred percent. hundred percent. You should just leave a questions tab up. Have you had a bowel movement today? What was your bowel movement I like? Should. I should put it in my link tree. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to the podcast. Sorry guys for all the tangents we have sometimes. I love it. I think that that's important. But basically the whole point of why I wrote this article and why I wanted to have this conversation is I think our diet culture is toxic. See what I did there? I, I think that I think that it's extremely it's marketing, it's fear-based, and it's putting a lot of inaccurate information out there and believing people, making people believe that they need something they don't. And it can actually be extremely harmful talking about those risks that can come along with it. Those claims are not backed up when you're, you're reading 
whatever, you know, fit tea, you know, whatever these, whatever the popular one is now, to be honest, I don't pay attention. I started, I started Googling because I was like, what's the trendy detox and cleanse now? Cause they change every year. And now I'm getting all these ads on social media for, you know, flat tummy tea. And I'm like, what the fuck? Cause your phone is listening to you and watching every move you make. <laughs> But it's it's an industry. It is a billion, billions and billions of dollars go into this industry. And they can't make money off of telling you to drink water, sleep better, eat more fiber. But they sure as shit can sell you a fi- super fiber green supplement cleanse. So I just want... I just want people to be aware. I know that I have a very sassy attitude about things just because I get heated because I really want people to understand that if they are in tune with their bodies and they're paying attention and being consistent with their eating patterns, that's what's going to make your, you know, in the long run, your life so much better. And I just, and please don't hesitate to reach out if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I fell for it. I just ended up with a bunch of expensive laxatives. You know, that's fine. Learn from your mistakes and understand that the human body should be treated with respect and it's not meant to be losing five pounds in five days. And uh, instead, just eating a really well-balanced diet based on your activity level, something appropriate for your activity level, then you're just going to have the best, you're going to have the best results. They might not be as fast, but they will be worth it. Yeah. And I really like the fact that you did bring up that whole idea like, hey, look, like we're not telling you not to do these things. You know, we're just trying to let you know and create awareness as the idea of like, hey, like you can go ahead and try out these cleanses, but understand that like it's only going to give you a quick fix. And if you want to use that quick fix, then don't back it up with something appropriate that's going to benefit you in terms of taking care of your organs and your system. Then you are going to go ahead and see that on a reaction as a feedback loop, right? That's just kind of what it is. Unfortunately, like that's the way your life is. Like it's a feedback loop and what we do, you know, I put something in, it comes out and that's kind of the idea with our, with the whole idea of detoxes and foods that, you know, Brooke keeps hitting on. And, 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 it, and it's not that you're sassy. I think it's more of a passion type thing. It's the same way with me when I get to talking about, you know, just human performance and performance in general. Those who have listened to me on other podcasts know how I can get with it and my close friends. So yeah, this is definitely um, one of my are, hot buttons. Like if someone wants to push a button, this is one. But of it's them. fair though. It's fair because you know you're right. You, you know, like let's go ahead and give this society. You know, because society is kind of fucked in terms of like how we look at. You know, how quick can we get this diet to help me out so that I can look good? And, and again, I'm not against you trying to fix yourself. Like, go for it, do it. But let's just do it in a smart and educational type manner so that you can see longevity. You know, um, but yeah, no, I, I said. This podcast, I, I had a blast and I learned a lot. Like I said, I mean, questions that we got in, we answered them through the podcast. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where at the end of the day, it's just, you know, detoxes are not the are not are not the path to go down if you're trying to like create a healthy lifestyle. No. If they're promising something that sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You should turn around and run. And you can pro- you can also apply that lesson to a lot of other areas of your life, I'm sure, not just nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, Brooke, I got a question for you. Have you ever used a type of cleanse at all? I haven't. Really? I'm trying to think. One of my friends were really into Advocare and almost like convinced me. But no, I'm never 
No, but I mean, I also started studying nutrition. I got really into nutrition when I was 21. So it's been, it's been a hot minute. And I feel like a lot of that stuff's really popular now, all these different wraps and teas and, and things like that. But I think it's, you know, I definitely believe in supplementation of vitamins and minerals and things like that that you need for your body, but that's tailored to you as an individual. It's not really, I wouldn't consider that like a, a clean, one of those cleanse supplements, anything like that. No, I don't. I'm curious though to, I'm thinking about experimenting with fad diets and using myself as a guinea pig because I, I, I read the science, I back, you know, I really that I believe in and I read all the studies, but there's something to be said for this little anecdotal piece of like, well, what was it like? What did I experience? It, that's, and that's the cool thing, right? And that's, I, and that's what I love about that is the fact that like, cool, go do a cleanse real quick. Like, why not see gonna, what your body I does? I can't get behind that one. I, I've done a, I've done a few cleanses. <laughs> you do what you do, what you got to do when you're a weightlifter trying to make weight and still stay stronger, right? Without, oh, and, and this is, and yes, is it? Is there smarter ways to do it? Of course there is. I just had to learn the harder way by doing it the opposite way first and realizing, oh, there's an easier way. And when I say easier, it's a smarter way. It's no, there's no easy fucking path. Sorry. No easy button. But I, but I have used cleanse. I've done, uh, and it's not hydroxy cut. It's actually, I remember this one supplement store that I, that's down the road from where I used to live back a few years ago. And it was, it was like Smart X Cleanse. And it was all herbal type cleanse and let me tell you let me tell you you want to talk about sleep disturbances <laughs> it was probably an expensive ass laxative dude it was it was 60 dollars uh, i yeah it, it was but yeah and, and again to go back to the anecdotal experience 100 I, I think it's true you see me i've i've gone vegetarian for four weeks to see how that was and realize that that's not the life for me because I'm, I don't know, I'm not going to go down that road. I've tested a high fat diet before too. I've played around with all these things, but again, it's because I'm trying to figure out what the fuck to, to work with what I'm doing right now. Right. And then reading research like you're talking about. And I'm a big believer so. if it's not going to hurt you and it's something you want to do, like if you want to have bulletproof coffee in the morning, that's not going to hurt you to put butter in your coffee. Like if that's something you want to do, go for it. I have an issue with some of these things that are extremely harmful that are being marketed as a quick fix. Because a lot of them, like, yeah, if you're take if you're basically drinking a supplemental herbal tea that's a laxative, it's gonna make you it, like induce this fluid and electrolyte imbalance, which can be really dangerous. You can actually die from that. So these are the things that I think I get really passionate about, and I want to speak out against, so that people don't hurt themselves and fall victim to this, and instead just play the long game, be consistent, consistency over perfection. Damn, that's a new one. I used to do progress, not perfection, but consistency over perfection is a new one. I like that, Brooke. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hashtag that from now on. Please do. Make it a thing. <laughs> Might already be a thing. <laughs> right? All right, guys. Well, that concludes this podcast. If you guys need to reach out and uh, ask us any questions, you can find myself, coach uh, underscore GB3 on Instagram, and then you can find also, email me at george at softleet.com with any questions pertaining performance, uh, training, any of those things. And then, obviously, we can go ahead and get a hold of Brooke. Drop your stuff. Yeah, I'm brooke at softleet.com. Um, if you have a big, long question, that's the easiest way to reach me. Um, if you just have a short little question, I'm at brooke west underscore rdn. Word. Well, 
All right, guys, till next time. Brooke, thank you. I appreciate all your knowledge bombs tonight, or today, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. See you, George. Uh, laters. <laughs>